Hey, hey, it is Sunday school time, and we have a wonderful lesson titled Speaking Truth to Power. It is taken from 1 Kings, the 22nd chapter. The first 40 verses is the background scripture. The scripture for this particular lesson is taken from 1 Kings 22nd, the 15th through the 23rd verse, then it skips to the 26th to the 28th. So, get your Bibles. This is where we'll be coming from today. Ask the Lord upon the blessings of His Word and the reading and the hearing of it. Ask the Holy Spirit for His anointing to guide and direct and lead according to His Spirit, His will, and His way be done in Jesus' name. This is Dr. Otis Miller. I'm Associate Pastor of Russian Streams Baptist Church. We're happy to be with you as we continue on our episode dealing with the Sunday School lessons. Uh, this particular one is for the 2nd of May. And we are happy to introduce this lesson because there are a lot of applications that can be taken from this lesson. But let's deal with the interpretation first. So in this lesson... We have two kings that have come together. One's a godly one from Judah, and the other one is ungodly from Israel. Their alliances are a result of a marriage of their children. King Jehoshaphat arranged for the marriage of his son, Jerom. Now, Jerom is about 15, 16 years old. To Athaliah. Now, Athaliah was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. You can find this in Second Chronicles 21, 6. Now, these decisions were often for political and military gain, these types of marriages. Not only was King Ahab considered in God's eyes as the worst king of Israel, he married a woman named Jezebel that influenced him to bring complete rejection of God's covenant law and his embracement of idolatry. You can find that in 1 Kings 16.30. The fruits of this ungodly alliance had severe and far-reaching consequences for Judah that worsened the death after I'm sorry, after the death of King Jehoshaphat. Now one such example is found in today's story, in this particular lesson. We'll start with verses 15 through 18 of First Kings. Chapter 22. It reads, and I'm reading from the Good News Bible. When he appeared before King Ahab, the king asked him, Micaiah, should King Jehoshaphat and I attack Ramoth or not? Attack, Micaiah answered. Of course you'll win. The Lord will give you victory. But Ahab replied, When you speak to me in the name of the Lord, tell the truth. How many times do I have to tell you that? Micaiah answered, I can see the army of Israel scattered over the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These men have no leader. Let them go home in peace. Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you he never prophesies anything good for me? It's always something bad. 
Micaiah does speak truth to power. He was known to speak the truth. Even though it resulted in ill treatment and prison, he still spoke the truth. His first answer was just sarcasm that obviously King Ahab recognized and also those that were listening. No matter if he got word that the king's 400 prophets were saying something different than what God was saying to him, he still spoke what God told him. He also did it in a very dramatic fashion before two of the kings and the prophets. He called the 400 prophets liars, and he told the king that he would be killed if he went into battle. This was not the first time King Ahab had been told he would die. Ahab received two other separate prophetic warnings in his death. One was pronounced by an unnamed prophet when Ahab spared Ben-Hadad. This is verse uh, chapter 20 and 42. The other one was given by Elijah when Ahab took the vineyard from Naboth. That's then found in chapter 21, verse 19. And this is all referring to 1 Kings. God was warning Ahab to save his life, not to destroy it. Ahab's repentance or the lack of it was the problem. We would call it half-heartedness. God warns us to be wholly committed to follow him. Now, let's look at Verses 19 and 23 of 1 Kings, the 22nd chapter. Micaiah went on. Now listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne in heaven with all his angels standing beside him. The Lord asked, who will deceive Ahab so that he will go and be killed at Ramoth? Some of the angels said one thing and Others said something else. Until a spirit, and this is a small s, stepped forward, approached the Lord and said, I will deceive him. How, the Lord asked. The spirit replied, I will go and make all Ahab's prophets tell lies. The Lord said, go and deceive him. You will succeed. And Micaiah concluded, This is what has happened. The Lord has made these prophets of yours lie to you, but he himself has decreed that you will meet with disaster. Now we have the lying spirit, and we know lies come from and originate from the father of lies. So a lying spirit can affect a number of people to entice them to agree to lie. Now, we saw this preponderance display of lying within the Trump administration, and especially by Trump himself. Like Ahab, Trump surrounded himself with people that would tell him what he wanted to hear. And he's still lying that apparently, according to the Associate Press and Bloomberg, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram are going to lift their ban and allow him to come back online and continue telling his lies. God forbid. You know the Supreme Court ruled that the election was not stolen, folks. 
He does permit lying spirits to deceive those who will not believe the truth. This is supported by 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verses 5 through 12. Now, not in today's text is verses 24 and 25. I'm going to read them, though. Then the prophet Zedekiah went up to Micaiah, slapped his face, and asked, Since when did the Lord's Spirit lead me and speak to you? You will find out when you go into some back room to hide, Micaiah replied. Though it's not in the text, verse 24 and 25, the lying spirit will influence an outspoken person willing to stand out from the lying group to further convince onlookers that he is willing to speak for God. That is Zedekiah. He slapped Micaiah and accused him of lying, but that did not intimidate Micaiah. Neither did Micaiah directly answer Zedekiah's insolent question. He didn't argue with Zedekiah, but told him that the day would come when he would know who spoke the truth. Now, some people actually believe if you tell a lie long enough, it will come true, but that's obviously a lie in itself. In verse 11, Zedekiah said, this is what the Lord said. <laughs> but it was not. It was a lying spirit speaking through him. He was the one actually lying, not Micaiah. God only exposes what is already there. He doesn't make people sin. Did God himself lie to Ahab? <laughs> Not at all. He did permit Ahab's prophet to lie in his name. God, in fact, clearly revealed to Ahab the source of his prophet's predictions and the truth about what would happen to him in the coming battle. Ahab's death resulted from refusing to believe the truth. Listen now. Not from a failure to know it. Let's be careful. Not to blame God for the consequences of our own conscious choices. Look, when somebody calls you out about your behavior or your actions or your words, don't, don't react. Respond. Respond by asking God, are these things true? What do you want me to do? Ask him for what he allows and thank him for it and then respond accordingly. For we know that all things work together for good, that those are called according to the Lord for his purpose, those that love him. Now, verses 26 and 28. King Ahab ordered one of his officers, arrest Micaiah, and take him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Prince Joash. Tell them to throw him in prison and put him on bread and water until I return safely. <laughs> if you return safely, Micaiah explained, then the Lord has not spoken through me. And he added, listen everyone to what I have said. That's speaking truth to power. Failure to repent hardens you to sin. And to hear the truth, Ahab's reactions evidences the blindness and the folly that overtakes those that disregards the word of the Lord. Ahab 
ordered that Micaiah be taken to Ammon, the city mayor, and to Joash, the king's son. Now, in this title, royal officer is not to be taken to be literal son of Ahab. Micaiah, however, in complete confidence, speaks truth to power even after sentence to only bread and water as he is returned to prison. Many people's first thought would be self-preservation. Their thoughts are, what's in it for me? Micaiah didn't consider that if he agreed with majority, he might have won the favor of the king and got out of prison. Didn't even look at that angle. He was undaunted by King Ahab's pronouncement. He was willing to stake his prophetic reputation and possibly his life on the fulfillment of this one prediction. If Ahab returned in peace, then Yahweh truly had not spoken to him. He was willing to face capital punishment to which he was liable in that case. Before being dragged from the palace, Micaiah shouted forth a call for all peoples to take note of the predictions which he had made. Now, wow, let's look at some of the applications from this chapter and other related scriptures. First, application for marriage. A marriage should be for the right reason and between those of like faith. You don't marry for gain, status, or protection. Even the cultural norms of the time may not be God's way. Understanding the religious history of both parents, of the bride or groom, should prove very insightful in your decision-making and expected future observations or encounters. What about the applications of weak leadership? Weak leadership surrounds itself with those that will say what the leader wants to hear. It follows the advice of others over the voice of God. Weak leadership believes the voice of God is against them, while not recognizing that it is their behavior that God is against. It allows their marriage to be out of line as the head of the household when it comes to providing godly leadership in the home. It will try to use deception to get others to do what they won't do themselves. And it will not heed numerous warnings from people sent by God to save their life. Now, let's look at applications in decision making from this text and from this chapter. Now, you want to know that you've heard from God when you make decisions. Just because the majority, even if it's 400 of them, are saying this is what you should do. That does not make what they are saying true. When you know that you've heard from God, don't ignore it or allow others convince you otherwise. Those that tell the truth are not afraid to take risks to proclaim it, even to their harm. Wrong alliances can pull or put you in the situations that could cause personal and public embarrassment. And that's what happened to King Jehoshaphat. When you sense something is wrong, ask God for the truth. However, be prepared to respond to the truth he shows you, unlike the way King Jehoshaphat did. Now, 
Let's look at applications not to follow or to believe the crowd. Now, in our democratic society, the majority often rules and makes the decisions. However, that does not mean the majority is always correct, such as during Civil War times and before that, Christian churches for many years agreed with and supported slavery. It is better to stand for truth, even if you are the only one, than to follow the masses into destruction. Now, let's look at the last application to God's way. God will allow good and evil to accomplish his will, but he won't make a person sin or do evil. The devil, listen carefully, the devil can exploit what a person already has inside of them. If you like to lie, then you'll be an easy candidate to be lied to and to believe a lie. A deceived person will accept a lie but reject the truth. A godly person will hear the truth and share it with others. Let's close this in prayer. God, we thank you for revealing truth. Now we ask that your truth be revealed in our words and in our actions. Help us not only to be people knowledgeable of your word, but also be people who make decisions that are consistent with your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.